I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. They want benign indifference. They want us drugging. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. The world needs a wake-up call. We're gonna phone it in. Welcome to another episode of the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you for joining me. Today, we're going to take a look at mind control. And in our last episode, the Disney episode, one of the things that we came across was Beta Sex Kitten Programming and Project Monarch, or Monarch Mind Control. And what we have to do, and one of the things we have to realize when we look into some of these dark topics like mind control is you have to get rid of all your preconceived notions about what humans are capable of. One of the major issues we run into is our thinking nowadays. And is that we imagine these things through our life perspective or the people that we know. And we find a lot of this stuff to be impossible, not even fathomable. But what you have to do is you have to understand that there are psychopaths out there. There's evil people. There's damaged souls who are willing to inflict pain and even kill others to obtain their goals and their objectives. And just because you could never imagine yourself or anyone that you know doing these things, it doesn't mean that others didn't do them, don't do them, or are not capable of doing them. Right now we're in a psychological and a spiritual war that has gone on since the end of World War II and the Cold Wars were basically the beginning of it. But the last few years, it has escalated exponentially. And they've put it in full steam ahead. But how did we get here? Who were some of the players and and, and what were some of the programs and methods that they used? And where do they plan to take this? There's a show on Amazon called The Feed. And in this show, they have these implants that enable people to share information, emotions, memories, what they consider or call mundles, instantly. Is that where we're heading? Where they put a chip in us and they're able to control us, our every move? We're constantly bombarded from the television with news and programming, movies and sports, advertising, and even social media. It's one big psychological operation. We're being programmed at school and at church and a lot of other places. It's incessant and never-ending. Adults, children, they don't discriminate. They don't care. And in 2021, it's at an all-time high. Constant propaganda and programming to convince people to trust and follow the orders of the parasites or the illusionists. 
If you haven't done so yet, check out my buddy Ryan's Dangerous World podcast. He just did a seven-part series on mind control. It's a much more extensive deep dive into mind control than we'll do than I'm going to do in this episode. What I want to do here is just take a look at the history of the mind control program in the United States and and how it kind of evolved into the madness that we've reached today. I want to look at some of the steps that they use like brainwashing indicators of mind control, the different types of mind control, specifically monarch mind control and beta sex kitten programming, which are probably the most prevalent in what we see today. And again, following up on the Disney theme, we'll look at how they use things like Alice in Wonderland and The Wizard of Oz in connection with their mind control operations. Some of these are triggers. They have signs and symbols that are used. And and once you start seeing the signs and symbols, you're never going to get it out of your head. They're everywhere throughout entertainment industry, uh, advertising, uh, company logos. So as we start seeing this, it's going to open your eyes to realize that, that, listen, this is not something that should be taken lightly. We're going to look at the forms of torture that they use in monarch mind control and other mind control operations. So we'll look at some of the organizations or list some of the organizations that are allegedly utilizing mind control as a tool. And then we're going to go back and, and, and circle this whole thing around back to Disney and show how some of the Disney kids like Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande, how they, it is believed, have been under monarch mind control. And we'll give you some examples and show you how some of their work illustrates this. We'll look at some other entertainment figures like Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and Taylor Swift, and how they are involved in mind control or alters multiple personalities, split personalities. These are all signs of mind control. We'll look at, are the Mickey Mouse ears part of monarch mind control? And this is where we're going to take it. But I want to start you off with a, like I said in the beginning, a quote by Fritz Fanon. Sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong. When they are presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence cannot be accepted. It would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect the core belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit with the core belief. And that's what I was trying to tell you before. Cognitive dissonance. People will see it right in front of their face, but they will still rationalize it away as as non-existent. It couldn't happen. Guys, I hate to break it to you, but this shit is real. This stuff is is prevalent in the entertainment industries. Music, movies, children's shows. It's all over the place. And if you want to understand why, let's go to the godfather of propaganda, Edward Bernays. And he said, if we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, it is now possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without them knowing it. And that's what they want. They want to be able to control us without us knowing it. They want to know what we're going to do before we even do it. And now with all the technology that's out there, it has greatly increased 
their likelihood of being able to do this at some point. And it, it's scary. A very scary thought in itself that they could control us remotely. They could impact our behavior, our emotions, our feelings, our way of life. And many people's lives have been ruined by this. Very, very bad stuff. So let's take a look at some of the origins. Now, many of you are familiar with the term MKUltra. Well, that project started out of what was originally called Project Artichoke, which was a CIA uh, research interrogation method that arose from Project Bluebird. Now, where, where does Bluebird sound familiar? Ah, Twitter, Facebook, Disney. Do you guys all remember Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder? Yeah, that's from Disney. And it may or may not be connected. But again, I don't believe in coincidences. And this stuff has been going on for ages. So out of Project Artichoke came M MK Ultra, And that was in April of 1953 uh, in a, me a memorandum from Richard Helms to CIA, then CIA director Alan Dulles. Where have we heard him before? You're going to hear him over and over when it comes to mind control. You heard him in the Disney episode. You will hear him in this episode with uh, Monarch. You will hear him with Operation Paperclip. And you will also hear him involved with the Jesuits. So if we look at this, the, the program was originally instituted to uh, study hypnosis, forced morphine onto patients, and, and see what the effects were and the withdrawal effects. And they used other chemicals like most familiar LSD to produce amnesia in other vulnerable states. Now, what they were trying to do here was to get control of people without them knowing it. So if we look at MKUltra, it is the code name of a program of experiments on human subjects, at times illegal, designed and undertaken by the United States CIA, Experiments on humans were intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures to be used in interrogations and torture in order to weaken the individual to force confessions through mind control. And this was rampant in the 1950s and supposedly or allegedly the program ended in 1973. Now if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. Because there's no way that a program this big would just suddenly stop. Now, what they've done very well is they've classified it. So now you can't get information on the program itself because it doesn't exist. Now, I beg to differ that this does not exist. And what we're going to do as we go through this is we're going to look at it. So if we look at the end of the Cold War, right, or, or the beginning of the Cold War, I should say, the CIA became convinced that the communists had discovered a drug, a magical drug or a technique that would allow them to control human minds. And in typical CIA fashion, they couldn't be one-upped. So that's when they came up with this program, MKUltra. And they were searching for that wonder weapon, that, that secret drug, that mind control drug that could be weaponized against enemies. Now, the program was originated and run by a gentleman by the name of Sidney Gottlieb. And he was the uh, most sustained search in history for techniques of mind control. 
his his work is man he was everywhere it, it was covertly funded by universities and research centers you know and and it was conducted basically in the beginning in in prisons american prisons and in japan germany and the philippines so this wasn't just isolated to the united states as any cia operation is it is global and many of the subjects were didn't know it was taking place it was against their will and they were in psychological torture and from things like electroshock to extreme doses of LSD and what uh, a, what is said about Gottlieb is he wanted to create a way to seize control of people's minds and he realized it had a two-part process first you had to blast away the existing mind Second, you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that void. He said, we didn't get too far on number two, but he did a lot of work on number one. So what they're saying is they've been able to find a way to blast away the current mind, but they haven't found the perfect way yet, or they hadn't at that time, to be able to overtake the person and totally control them. And what we'll see in this episode is that, you know, they've mastered it to a point where these people walk around in mainstream society. Some of them are the biggest superstars on the planet. And many, or if not most people, don't even know they exist. Now, if we go back to the origins of it, there's a a great documentary on Netflix. I believe it's like a six-part series called Wormwood. And what this is, this is based on the life of uh, a scientist, Frank Olson, who worked at uh, a a secret government biological warfare program at Fort Detrick in Maryland. And nine days after uh, Frank Olson was dosed with LSD by his CIA supervisor, he plunged to his death from a window of a hotel room in New York City. So, coincidence? I think not. So what it does is is this series uh, follows up to and after the events of his controversial death, which the government claimed was a tragic accident. He just so happened to fall out the window. But then they later admitted, ah, no, 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 we were wrong. It was it was really suicide. It was caused by a mental breakdown. Of course it was. But his son doesn't believe this, and and a lot of the investigation doesn't agree with this either because when they found it the curtains were pushed out now if the curtains are pushed out someone was forced out the window you don't just jump through the curtains to your death you think one of the things you would do before you jump to your death would be open the curtains so this whole series goes into the MK Ultra project, the use of LSD, and, and shows you they were even using it against our own citizens, our own scientists, and which is totally and, and utterly insane. So as we look at this, how do, how do they do this? How do they brainwash people? Well, there's 12 steps or 12 levels of brainwashing or mind control and some of them are, are, are low level, and some of them are pretty intense. Let's go through a few. Terrified submission. Okay, that's one. Outward compliance 
but one's own belief and identity are preserved. Okay, so it's basically there they just scare the crap out of you until you do what they want. Willful compliance, number two. It's a disturbed or abused child or adolescent is provided with things like drugs, affection, sex, or freedom, and they choose the abuser over their current life situation. Number three, and now this one is is big, Stockholm Syndrome. Terror plus isolation from prior support often combined with lies of family abandonment lead to dependence on abusers and perceived loyalty to the abusers. Now my my take on that is we are suffering there are many Stockholm syndrome sufferers right now due to what's going on with the situation with the virus that's going around the jabs and everything like that because what's happened is the abuser the news has threatened us with harm if we don't comply and what they've done is is they've made it seem like they're the savior and that's exactly what Stockholm syndrome is and many many are going through it right now let's look at another one religious indoctrination this is another huge one and and the reason why religion was created division in religious indoctrination, a psychologically weak or dependent person submits to a charismatic leader who claims to be spiritually connected to some kind of God, professing to be the chosen one for a spiritual agenda, and promises salvation to the devotees and eternal damnation to the non-followers. Well, science is kind of following that method right now also, right? You can't question science right now, despite the fact that the whole purpose of science is to be questioned. If you question the science now, you are are questioning the narrative. And 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 many, you know, look look on social media. How do they feel about the people that don't want to get the vaccination right now? I see people wishing death. I've had death wished upon me because of my views on it. And 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 so you look at this indoctrination and and now they're not using religion, so to speak, but science is almost becoming the new religion, right? We're in that age of, of science, scientism and, and transhumanism where science is the God and we're supposed to just blindly obey whatever science tells us. Now, this is going to get us into some tricky situations down the road. So you got to be careful. You got to do your research. You have to question everything. Question everything I say too, because I'm just just another guy like the rest of you. I'm, I'm just here doing some research and, and trying to get some messages out to people because I see things going on that don't make sense. And I feel like we are under a giant mind control operation right now, which we are. This is a, ba- a spiritual battle, a battle of the mind, body, and soul. So let's look at another one. Brainwashing through social influence. Hmm, sounds familiar. An individual is placed only among successful converts to the abuser or cult who profess the belief system of a group while the person is isolated from family and previous support systems and activities. What what did they do last year? They locked us down. They separated us. They isolated us from our family and our loved ones. From churches were closed. Gyms were closed. Basically any extracurricular sports. 
were shut down. This is brainwashing, folks. This is part of an agenda. Okay? So let's go to the next one. Brainwashing through deprivation of basic needs. Now, this one is the most common that you hear about from a, from a torture standpoint. It's just the deprivation of food, sleep, water. And sometimes they add in, you know, uh, um, you know, chanting, social isolation, you know, musical isolation, things like that, where they or they'll just play the same song over and over and over again. And again, we're not seeing that yet. But what is the big fre- big threat out there? Food shortages, water shortages, gas shortages. It's all scarcity, right? And 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 that's part of a brainwashing activity making you believe there's not going to be enough unless you do what they want now that's that's something that i i I can't really agree with at all let's take a look at one more actually two more the next one i want to look at is called psychic driving and this was made famous by a a doctor called ewan cameron in the 1950s and, and what psychic driving does is what I described before is tape messages are played for hours nonstop while the person is in states of consciousness altered by sleep, electroshock, sensory deprivation, inadequate food, water, sleep, oxygen, isolated, confinement, or other torture. Now this, this method is what they claim was used to create the Manchurian Candidate. I don't know if any of you have seen that film, but I highly recommend that as well. And that was a program that was championed by, once again, our buddy Alan Dulles, the man behind the MK Ultra projects. Now, in Dr. Cameron's protocol, he had three stages, basically. The first stage was electroshock amnesia. The subject loses much of their recent memory. And the subject knows where they are, why they're there, and recognizes familiar faces. But names are a little bit harder for them. Then you get to the second stage. It's the second electroshock amnesia stage. The subject loses that space-time image and is aware of the loss. That awareness causes extreme anxiety. The subject wants to remember. But at this stage, they ask repeatedly, where am I? How did I get here? What am I here for? It's, it's that amnesia, that forgetting. And in third and final stage, the subject becomes bizarrely calm. All the previous anxiety is gone. At this point, the patient has moved back to their room where a speakerphone had been placed under their pillow, a tape recorder with continuous loop repeating the same command over and over again. And while in this state, Patients showed incontinence of both urine and feces. So they would lose their ability to control themselves. But the anxiety was gone. So at that point, they almost let go. And, you know, if we look at this, this all loosely ties to to the old Pavlov experiment, right? Pavlov's dog, which was done 50 years prior to this in, in the in the 20s and 30s. And, and so we look and there is this, this pattern of this stuff reoccurring throughout history. Now, the last one I want to cover is trauma-based mind control. Okay, and this is the one that I feel is the most prevalent. 
The trauma-based mind control programming can be defined as a systematic torture that blocks the victim's capacity for conscious processing, whether they use pain, terror, drugs, sensory deprivation, oxygen deprivation, cold or heat. You know, they can use all sorts of things to, to enact this trauma-based uh, mind control. But then they employ suggestion and or classical or operant conditioning to implement thoughts, directives, and perceptions in the unconscious mind. Often newly formed trauma-induced dissociated identities. So we get split personality here. And they, that forces the victim to feel, think, and perceive things for the purposes of the programmer. The objective is for the victim to follow directives with no conscious awareness, including execution of acts and clear violation of the victim's moral principles, spiritual convictions, and volition. So what they've done here is they're able to control your mind and not allow the victim to have any control whatsoever. And this is where when we get into the different types of mind control, the different, the four different phases of it, you have, there is one where they create assassins. And, and we look throughout history and you'll see some of these people that were probably MK Ultra, like Sirhan Sirhan, you know, uh, John Hinckley. Some of these guys that are some of the biggest mass murderers uh, over time have been through trauma-based mind control. Okay, and, and one great example is the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. At Harvard, he was placed into a mind control program and it affected him the rest of his life and was one of the main reasons why he lashed out so violently at scientists and education system. Okay, so you, you have to understand that when they do this to people, there's no good intentions. It's just to control, manipulate, and use people for their objectives. Now we look at some of the indicators of trauma-based mind control programming. You have repetitive actions, robot or state actions or statements, robotic statements that don't make sense. Like people just in the middle of a conversation say, I want to go home meaning they want to return to their abuser or their group. You have compulsive or ritualized behaviors like self-manipulation, singing the same song over and over again. And you also have fear in response to certain stimulus, right? Like colors, shapes, cartoon characters, lights, different food brands, uh, you know, different sounds. There's all sorts of ways that they will have, they will set these things as triggers to set this person off. And you'll also see sometimes severe flinching and spasms, almost as if they're being electroshocked because they're having these flashbacks, this mental trauma that's in their brain that they, they cannot control. Now you ask, why would they do this? Or how do they do this? And in order to gain our consent, Right Again, we get back to this whole thing of consent, which I've mentioned before, is that they need our consent to move forward with their agendas. Does that mean we have to say, yeah, go right ahead, do it? No, no, no. What that means is we just don't object. By not objecting, you are consenting. So how do they do this? They numb us to things like violence, 
They make us feel bad about ourselves, right? We're not good enough. We don't add up. They dumb us down with things like fluoride, television, programming. They use fake news. We've seen that for the last 18 months plus, right? They just bombard you over and over with fake news. Eventually, you don't know what right from left. What's true, what's not true? What's real, what's not? I mean, you look at Dr. Fauci. He's done so many spins and flips on on different stances, whether it's masks, vax, all of this, uh, you know, lockdown, no lockdown, that that it confuses. And that's the point here. If it, By distracting us, we can't object really. Now you're starting to see people after a while really start to push back. And I hope we get some more pushback on this totally illegal and inhumane mandate that they're trying to push forward that mandates vaccinations which is ridiculous but let's get back to this so how how does tv or the media use mind control techniques on us unbeknownst to us they use it in in tv shows with extreme violence they do it in advertising they do it in reality tv shows now let's look at the advertising real quick for a second if you look at the advertising, look at most pharmaceuticals, right? Where's the commercial taking place? On a beach, in the woods, in a beautiful scenery, right? But all the while, they're showing you this beautiful image in the background. They're giving you all the negative side effects or potential side effects of that drug. But because you're seeing this beautiful image, your mind is having a tough time separating the two. And you tend to just focus on what you're seeing, not what you're hearing. And so they use that as a programming tool. Reality TV shows are another one, which everyone knows there's no such thing as reality TV. Even the, the shows they claim to be reality are scripted. I mean, I mean, look at it from The Bachelor, Big Brother, you know, all these shows, you know, back to the MTV shows back in the day, Real World, all that stuff was scripted. You can't, it's, it's not reality TV. Politics. Right through politics, they use sports and religion too. Those are two big ones that they use to control us, to divide us, to separate us. Pick a team, right? Pick a religion, and by doing that, you automatically feel a certain way about those that aren't like you, and that's what they want. They want this division, they want this separation. So, as we look into it, let's go back to our friends at Disney. And, or, or just children's pro- programming in general because it targets children and it's it's done because nothing is in, is proven to invoke a child's psyche fear or trauma like experiencing the loss of a parent or a loved one right how many children's cartoons are where there's something traumatic that happens or they lose a parent or a friend or a family member all right the fear is, is a way, and it's proven to rewire your brain in a negative way. And, and there's some studies that suggest that it actually lowers your IQ and makes your mind more compliant and, and obedient to authority because it's been traumatized. All right? And, and so while you're in that state, what do they also do? They insert a little subliminal programming right subliminal messaging that immediately goes into your brain without you even recognizing it 
which is put into your programming now. It's in there. It's like, you know, someone watching a scary movie. Your heart's racing, you know, and and, and you're on the edge of your seat because your mind, your mind can't tell the difference between reality or real event or what is fake that you're perceiving through a screen, a blockage, okay? So you look at the mind and, and as we go through this, the biggest thing they love to use is fear because fear is such a destructive force that it, it, it inhibits our higher end brain functions, right? It puts you into a state where you cannot get out of this. And this is what the social engineers use to get or invoke those negative emotions in us, okay? And you have to remember, it was it, it's never just entertainment, okay? It, it's part of a larger orchestrated puzzle that is used by the, the parasites to put you in perpetual servitude, right? They use that invisible weapon of fear, trauma, panic, and terror, things that you can't touch or feel, right? Like the war on terror. It was never war on terror. It was always the war of terror, putting you in fear of these people you didn't know, thinking that, oh, oh you see a Muslim, he's going to blow something up. Come on. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. And let's think about it. Over the last 50 years or so, they've used invisible weapons that we can't touch or see to put us in that state of fear, like aliens and space. The Challenger, which was shown in just about every school back in 1986. 9-11, another one, highly broadcast and publicized and, and put out there intentionally. We look at COVID, global warming, climate change, acid rain, the ozone layer, and like I mentioned before, terrorism. These are all things that they use to instill fear in us. Now, let's look back at where did this come from, right? Where did this whole mind control operation come from in the 50s? Well, it came directly through the Tavistock Institute and the Nazis. Operation Paperclip. We're going to say that over and over because a lot of what's happening today has its roots in Operation Paperclip when they brought over all these Nazi scientists. And what they were trying to do is not only keep them away from the Russians, but they wanted to implement their ideas into our society, whether it was science, space, pharmaceuticals. All these things come from there. And one of the things we have to remember here is that in these programming, it is done without, especially Monarch, it's done without the subject's knowledge, without us even knowing it. It's, it's for the, the victim to follow directives with no conscious awareness, okay? No idea or, or idea of morals or principles, having any control of anything that you're doing and so what they were trying to do is they were trying to create a perfectly obedient slave where does that sound familiar where is that going to come into play in our society if things keep going the way they're going it's called a social credit score okay if you do not follow their rules your score will be negatively impacted and you will be limited in what you can do in your life 
This is where we're going, guys. And this is a plan that has been enacted for a long, long time. It's not an overnight thing that they've been thinking about this kind of stuff. Their whole purpose is to control the masses. What is government? What is Look at the base word of government. Governmente, right? Govern the mind. Control the mind of the people. And that's what they're trying to do. So now we look at things like that are involved in, in projects like Project Monarch, like ritual sex abuse, okay? Some, some call it SRA, satanic ritual abuse um, also. But this is where they use human and or animal sacrifice or blood rituals. They use electroshock. And they use other modern techniques that splits the mind or dissociates the mind into programmable personalities. Okay, So that we have this person that is easily manipulated. And so we go through it and how do they do this? Well, one of the things that, that going back to Disney, that Fritz Springmeier said in the Illuminati uh, formula to create a mind, slave, a mind control slave, he said that Cal, uh, Disneyland in California has been an off-hour site for Illuminati and satanic rituals for years. Programming has gone on using Disneyland as one big prop for programming. Many of the Disney movies are used for programming, and some Disney scripts are especially tailored for monarch slave programming. The Peter Pan programming can use the ship. The space programming can use the space props. The satanic programming can use the castles. Lots of mirror programming is done at Disneyland and Disney World. There's also Magic Mountain programming and programming using Around the World dolls from It's a Small World and its theme song. Some of the Wizard of Oz and Cinderella programming was also done at Disneyland using costumes. Preverbal children are taken to Disneyland to get them ready for the scripts. Now, Fritz Springmeier is a confirmed conspiracy theorist, according to the main me- mainstream media. But what I want to say is, is, yeah, this stuff happens, guys. There are victims. There is documented cases of people who have gone through this. And And... So we look at it, and why why was it called Project Monarch? Well, one of the reasons was because of the monarch butterfly. Because the monarch butterfly, it learns where it was born, where its roots are, and then it passes that knowledge via its genetics onto the offspring from generation to generation. And this is one of the, the key animals that tipped this off to scientists, that knowledge could be passed genetically and that you know from generation to generation if you had trauma that trauma would be passed down unknowingly and the monarch programming it's based upon the illuminati and nazi goals of creating a master race through genetics if the knowledge can be passed on genetically then it's important that you can find the parents that can pass the correct knowledge on to those victims that are going to be the next generation of monarch mind control. And the, again, the main ability that, we need, that they need here is the ability to dissociate. 
to separate, to split personalities, okay? So we start looking into it a little bit more and we start looking into monarch. And and just like we said a minute ago, a lot of the families that this takes place have multi-generational sexual and psychological abuse. Think of a lot of private school kids, invite-only clubs, people with high social status, right? There's a lot of messed up stuff that goes on there. And those are families that they can count on to be used. Now think about Hollywood. How many actors or musicians come from families of wealth or come from these sort of social situations or families where abuse probably took place? Generational abuse. Okay, and we, we look at one example is, is a woman named Kathy O'Brien. And she wrote a book called The Transformation of America. And she went into to deep detail describing the different programming methodologies used on her by the government handlers to manage her alter personalities. Okay, she said, The butterfly never meets its mother. It must survive independently and remains a stranger to affection. An animal nurtured by its mother's milk, however, is dependent on another for its basic survival. A child who grows up in a cold and detached home environment is similar to the butterfly, in that kindness is sparing. Once an adult, it will be very difficult for that person to show compassion. Okay, and that gets back to the, if you if you can separate or traumatize children at a young age, it's going to affect them. It's going to have a long-lasting effect on their lives. So we have to understand that this is done intentionally and it's done for the long haul, not just for that one person. It's done for generations to come as well. It's much like the pharmaceutical industry in, in a sense that they'll give you pills to, to mask your symptoms and cover it up, but they won't give you anything to heal it because once you, you're healed... You're out of their system and they can't make money off you anymore and you're no good to them. So what we need to... Here was an interesting thing that I found. And it was in comparison to looking at the body and soul of a human as a computer program. Okay, so let's go through this. Another way of examining this convoluted victimization of body and soul is by looking at it as if it were a complex computer program. A file, or the altar, is created through trauma, repetition, reinforcement. In order to activate the trigger, or the file, a specific access code or password, a cue or a command, is required. The victim or survivor is called a slave by the programmer or handler, who is in turn perceived as master or god. About 75% are female, since they possess a higher tolerance for pain and tend to dissociate easier than males. And this is from Ron Patton in a book he wrote called Project Monarch. And it's very interesting to think of it that way because I don't think a lot of times that they look at us as human, look at us as equals. We are at their mercy. We are there for them to manipulate them to use for their objectives and by by using this example i mean it just illustrates right there that they would consider us computer-like and that's almost the direction they want us to go right with this transhumanism because they can control a machine 
it's a lot harder to control an independently thinking human. So let's get into a little the different types of mind control, especially monarch mind control. And, and, and the four major ones are alpha, beta, delta, and theta. Okay? So if we look at the alpha, this is kind of the general regular programming. Okay? It's within the base control personality. It's characterized by extreme pronounced memory retention along with substantially increased physical strength and visual activity. Alpha programming is accomplished through deliberately subdividing the victim's personality, which in essence, it causes the left brain, right brain division, Okay, so which allows you to be programmed by the union of the left and right through a neuro, neuron pathway simulation. We look at the beta programming, and this is the one that I'm going to hit on later in the show because this is one that we see over and over again in the entertainment industry with children and adults. And the beta is the sexual sexual slave programming, okay? This programming it, it, it eliminates all moral convictions and it, it stimulates like the, the primitive or primal instinct in a person. It, it gets rid of all inhibitions. The cat alters, right? You'll see cats or cat prints. It's, it's also known as kitten programming. It's the most visible kind of programming with female celebrities, models, actresses, singers. And you're starting to see it with males now too, okay? In popular, and it says, it says, you know, that they'll dress in cat print, okay? They'll, there's, there's many other, uh, signs of it you know that you'll see in the in this beta beta programming that we'll get into in a little bit later and one of them is is blonde hair right they they one of the signals is that people dye their hair blonde and that's to show that they're under control now the next one is is the delta which we talked about before it's also known as the killer or assassin programming and it was originally developed for training you know special agents or elite soldiers for covert operations or to assassinate a president like Sirhan Sirhan. Optimal adrenal output and controlled aggression are evident. Subjects are devoid of fear and very systematic in carrying out their assignment. Self-destruct or suicide instructions are layered in at this level. So what, what they're saying there is not only are they programmed to kill, but after they complete their mission... There's a self-destruct or a suicide instruction that is also layered into that so that they can eliminate themselves and rid the handlers of any problems that they may cause after the fact. They don't want you to tell what you did. Why was Lee Harvey Oswald killed right... I sound like Sam right there. Lee Harvey Oswald. Why was he killed right at the day after he killed Kennedy? Loose lips sink ships. Okay, that, that they couldn't have wit- they couldn't have him testify. He claimed to be a patsy, which in all likelihood he most likely was. But they used him as the scapegoat. So we get to the last one, which is theta, which is considered psychic programming, which is we talked about before the multi generational families, right? They're called bloodliners. 
They were determined to exhibit a greater propensity for having telepathic abilities than non-bloodliners, which I found very interesting. Due to its limitations, however, various forms of this electronic mind control systems were developed and introduced, namely like biomedical, you know, human telemetry, you know, brain implants, things like that, directed energy lasers using microwaves like Havana syndrome, where have we seen that before? We saw it in Cuba in 2016. We saw it with Kamala Harris just a couple weeks ago. And I'm probably going to do a show down the road on these directed energy, uh, not weapons, so to speak, but mental weapons because they're being used by the Navy. I I saw one study where they uh, are able to stop speech through a uh, direct energy. I don't know if it's a laser or a frequency. So we look at these and these things are real. Okay. And, and so we look at this stuff and as we go through it, you're going to start seeing more and more. Oh, is that mind control? Is this person under mind control? And, and you'll start seeing it because it becomes obvious. There's some awkward and strange behaviors that we're going to see over and over again. Now, back to uh, Kathy O'Brien, who I mentioned earlier, both her and a woman named Bryce Taylor, they've each described in their books thoroughly how they were regularly brought to Disneyland and Disney World, where they were tortured and raped, being programmed with Disney stories, as well as using Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. And this has been verified in CIA documents. O'Brien says she was tortured beneath Disney World in one of the tunnels and secret rooms that they have, which were designed by CAA agents who helped Walt Disney design and acquire Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Now, if we look at, you know, The Wizard of Oz or Lewis Carroll's uh, Alice in Wonderland... You know, they were both occultists. And uh, I know Frank Baum, specifically the uh, author of The Wizard of Oz, was in the Theosophic Society. So, you know, as esoteric as the film is, it also has a lot of occult symbolism in it. You know, like the soul search for illumination. Dorothy, you know, Toto is the, represent, uh, is the representation of, of Dorothy's intuition which guides her on her journey, right? She's always with Toto. And in the 1940s, this story was chosen by the U.S. intelligence community to provide the foundation for their trauma-based mind control program, okay? Now, at the same time, it's I can't say, and I don't believe, that either Frank Baum or Lewis Carroll created their stories to be used for, you know, psychological programming and abuse, especially on children. I mean, that that would just be psychopathic. But I think that with all the occult knowledge and the esoteric uh, or occult symbolism and the esoteric knowledge that's in there, that I think, you know, the handlers were able to use these archetypes, you know, to capture the psyche of the individual and just because they're used for mind control 
doesn't mean that these guys did anything nefarious. Okay, there was no intent on their part. They just created some outstanding work. But if we look at it, there is programming that has been used in The Wizard of Oz. And again, we go back to to Fritz Springmeier and, and, and a gentleman named Cisco Wheeler. They wrote a book called Total Mind Controlled Slave. And they said that uh, there's Oz programming that is used throughout. And so here's some examples. The close, close relationship between Dorothy and her dog is a very subtle connection between satanic cults' use of animals. A monarch slave child will be allowed to bond with a pet. And the child will want to bond with the pet at this point because people are terrifying to them. They've been subjected to trauma. But what do they do? The handlers do? They kill the pet in front of the child, which traumatizes them significantly. We look at the rainbow. Dorothy is looking for a place where there is no trouble, which is a place over the rainbow. To escape the pain, the altars will go over the rainbow. And it's the same thing in Alice in Wonderland where they, they say they're going through the looking glass. Okay, This is how they escape the pain. They get out of it through these triggers in these movies. And monarch slaves are taught to follow the yellow brick road. Which means no matter what fearful things lie ahead, the monarch slave must follow the yellow brick road, which is set out before them by their master. They have no say. They have no control when the handlers take over. And one aspect of Oz programming is to instill the return to home, right? Because if they go back to home... It prevents the slave from escaping their psychological prison, right? And and by home, I don't mean their physical home. It, I mean the home that has been created by the handler. Now, some of the, the Wizard of Oz triggers are the yellow brick road, right? It's trigger to follow the way. You have the cyclone, which is the trigger to flee immediately. You have the Emerald City which is uh, a symbol for jewels programming where the subject is rewarded for loyalty by an emerald. You have the ruby slippers, which is more of the beta programming trigger. The reward is a ruby for sexual submission. And then you have the rainbow, which is the trigger to follow. And the rainbow is a reference to Dorothy entering the colorful dream world. Right in the Wizard of Oz, when she she gets over the rainbow, all of a sudden everything opens up. It goes from black and white to color. What are some trigger phrases in this? I'm going to Kansas. That means that's the command to resume. Tap your heels three times. That's another one that triggers these personalities or is a mechanism to get the slave to do what they want. Now we look at Monarch Mind Control, and I mentioned this in the Disney episode, Mickey Mouse Club, MMC, Monarch Mind Control. Same abbreviations, same letters. It's very interesting. And then you look at the same thing, the Mouseketeers, MK, MK Ultra. Guys, these things, I don't think they're coincidences. I think this is intentionally done and again, subliminally programming us. Now we look at some of the 
you know, we go back to Project Bluebird, right? You see that in Twitter. It, 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 and it's a symbol that is prominent in Disney movies. And, and what, it, what does a bluebird represent? It usually is, is happy and helpful, which is, you know, subliminally meant to program the unsuspe- unsuspecting viewers, mainly the children, to respond positively when seeing this symbol. So they, they make these symbols a, a good connotation in your brain, and then they flip it on you. Okay, so let's look at some general symbols or signs of monarch slaves. Okay, one of them, the butterfly. Okay, when you look now at advertising, music, movies, look how often the butterfly is mixed in. You're going to see it more and more than you ever saw it before. And then look and see if the butterfly is covering one eye because that's another sign of monarch mind control is the one eye now think about that that's when you see everywhere how many celebrities or pictures in magazines when you're looking next time look at it how many of them have one eye covered there's no coincidence there guys puppets puppets are another symbol because think about it puppets on the strings right and it's mainly used in like music videos and, and things like that but it's symbolic that the MK Ultra subject is nothing more than a puppet that can be played with as the handler so sees fit. Mickey Mouse. There's is there Mickey Mouse programming? The Mickey Mouse ears. And that is usually a trigger for a child altar. Okay? As I mentioned before, blonde hair. A lot of these people after going through the Monarch program they dye their hair blonde and that's a sign to everyone else that hey i'm in, i'm part of the game i'm with you guys look at kanye west after he came out of rehab his hair went blonde a lot of these celebrities go from their natural hair color to blonde for a period of time and and it's a sign you you could say i'm crazy but look at it and if you don't believe me look at look at larry johnson's information he goes into this and he knows this stuff better than i ever would but based on the research that I've done, it's there. Okay, it is a thing. It seems stupid, blonde hair, yeah, I know. But it's a thing. Black and white. Okay, black and white is the symbol because it's the duality, the split, the light and the dark. Okay, the good and the evil. Diamonds are another one that you'll see a lot. Chains, right? Chains that they're locked up, they're under control. Keys. Because what can keys do? Keys can unlock things. Cages. Again, back with the chains. That's that's them being controlled. Locked up. And the last one is the broken glass or a broken mirror. Okay? And that's symbolizing the split personalities. The dissociation. Now, again, we go back, and as I mentioned before, you look at the symbols for the beta sex slaves, and that's the cat print, the leopard print, things like that. Then there's a whole different category where they have triggers for altars, which are programmed to be more silent. Keep quiet. Your mouth, you know, the shut mouth. You'll see tape over their mouth sometimes. Or a forefinger over their mouth 
which is a silence gesture, flat out. And the vow, vow of silence, it usually symbolizes, you know, well, it's symbolized by the finger, you know, covering the mouth. And this is something that the Freemasons use in their oath to take silence, to never disclose secrets. And if they do, the penalty is death. Guys, this isn't something they're playing around with. These guys are playing for keeps. There is a lot of power, a lot of control, and a lot of money at stake here. And that's why they do this. Now, we look at the different dissociative identity disorders that come through this, right? Or symbols that you'll see through this. The multiple display of the same person, the same person six times in a picture, or their face in four different quadrants, you know, much like the Brady Bunch layout, right? You see their one face over and over again. That's a sign for multiple personality. Like I mentioned before with the mirror or the broken glass, cracks in a display, okay? That's usually symbolizing the split personality. Okay, so you look at that and and once you start to see these symbols... You're not going to be able to unsee them. Okay? So we go through, and again, we'll look at some more symbols. The covering the one eye. That, you know, again, the the sheer amount of times that it happens, it's, there's no way it could be a coincidence. Okay? So, if I ever see someone with their eye covered, or I see a butterfly or abundance of butterflies, you know, in an unusual format, you know, whether it's a, uh, an advertisement, a music video, a magazine cover, a movie, whatever, it automatically makes me think, oh, this, this, is, this is trying to show me mind controls in effect here. Now, there's two particular occult meanings, right? with the butterfly and or or not with the butterfly but in general right one again we go back to covering of the eye and that's symbolic of the eye of horus the eye of sacrifice and that's what that is meant to do it is showing that they have sacrificed they are in the club so to speak the other one is is as we mentioned before is is the hand over the mouth the silence programming And what that does is it keeps you quiet. Don't talk. So where are you going to see this a lot? You're going to see a lot in the the Monarch beta programming, right? The sex kitten symbolism. And here is where we see the blonde hair, the cat references, the butterfly, black and white. You know, these altars are programmed into specific children that are selected to be monarch slaves at very early ages and in the most sadistic manner. Some are sold into the system by their parents, like Kathy O'Brien, while other members are multi-generational. And, and, and one example that I think is the Kardashians. They have all the signs of being one of those types of families. And monarch families are, are birthed specifically for this person, uh, for this purpose. Right, And some are even traumatized in utero while their mother is pregnant to ensure that when they come out, they will have had trauma in their life. They will be affected 
and they will be easily manipulated. So what are they trying to do here? The whole purpose of this mind control programming is to create humans who are totally controlled by a handler without even knowing that they're being controlled. And, and how do they do this? Well, they use a very sophisticated methodology and science of the brain to use the brain's ability to dissociate or split which is used to create extreme structured multiple personality disordered minds you know dis uh what is it the the DID which is the dissociative uh, identity disorder and and what happens in these is one all one victim can produce thousands of alters okay so what is dissociation dissociation is the common response of children to repetitive overwhelming trauma and holds the untenable knowledge out of awareness. The losses and the emotions engendered by the assaults on the soul and body cannot, however, be held indefinitely. In the absence of effective restoration, uh, restorative experiences, the reactions to trauma will find expression. And that's from Judith Spencer. So what we see here is that Although they do it to children, it has a limited shelf life. And what they tend to say is right around the age of 30 is when a lot of these mind-controlled victims break out. And, and that's why you see some of these folks in the 27 Club, right? People that die at the age of 27. You see celebrities die at a young age, many of which who have been monarch mind control you see some go into rehab and rehab guys uh, for my idea and for most of these people especially the famous ones is basically reprogramming right they're sending you back in to get reprogrammed it's not to heal you it's not to cure you not to fix you it's to reprogram to keep the game going because at this point you've you've probably made them a lot of money and they don't want to lose that So why do they do it? Well, the different personalities are formed in, in, in the person's mind. It's like a self-preservation tactic for the victim to get a handle on the trauma that they experienced, right? Think of being in like a huge, creepy, haunted mansion and going from room to room, trying to escape or run away from all the scary stuff that's taking place inside. They just can't escape. The, the victim's you know mind it, it forms compartments or compartmentalizes to go somewhere else to escape the abuse right and whether the abuse is physical mental or even spiritual they will do all of those and what do they how do they go about this well the, the different altars are used to carry out various tasks right for the handlers whether it's assassination, whether it's uh, sex work, or whether it's just getting out and promoting an evil, a wicked, or a sinister agenda that will eventually influence change among the population, right? 
and and it will it will get to the general morals of the public their values their principles their views of the world right so that in in a sense people start valuing the opinion of these subjects many of which are celebrities okay over their own community and what will they do they'll follow the instructions of these celebrities it's like what you're seeing now with covid right with the vaxes what are they doing they're paying celebrities politicians to push the message to push the propaganda at you to say hey look i did it you can do it too and if you do it you'll be just like me well no we won't we'll never be like you and i don't want to be like you never and once you realize and see the game that they play i mean i just saw it today on the news that uh andrew bogut who was a australian uh he played in the nba australian basketball player the the government of australia was trying to pay him off to push the narrative and thankfully he's like a lot of us and said no get out of here i'm not i'm not part of this game i'm not i'm not going to play your evil ways because guys guess what once you do this you have to live with that for the rest of your life and it's it's got to eat at your soul has to i don't know how you can live with with that being on your mind that you have a gone through the trauma the trauma in itself is is horrifying but then to know that you were used as a tool I mean, that's got to have significant impact on you now let's look at some you know some examples of this in the movies of the split personality or the the dissociative identity disorder okay one is a 1957 movie called the three phases of eve where chris costner sizemore she was also known as eve white was a woman that was suggested might have multiple personality disorder okay or dissociative identity disorder this is back in 1957 monarch or mk ultra had only been around for four or five years at this point and they're already pushing it out there putting it out there for us to see right again it's about consent if we don't object they keep going one i'm sure all you are familiar with is fight club right you have the narrator and you have tyler durden he's got two separate personalities two different approaches but in the end it's just him another one you know one of one of jim carrey's movies is uh me myself and irene that was from you know i think like 2000 and in that he's a he's a rhode island state trooper his name's charlie and he after you know years and years of suppressing his rage and feelings he has a psychotic breakdown and it results in an alternate personality a guy by the name of hank so they're showing you that this can happen okay and and here they use a little different example that it was self-inflicted which it does happen that way too okay it's not all through monarch mind controller or mk ultra or project artichoke whatever you want to call it that this stuff happens this this can happen to you by not being at ease it's disease unease okay and the last example i'll give is is uh the united states of terror which came out I, i don't know about a decade ago and that was like the the typical american family who you know had to struggle with their mother had did 
and she's a mother of two children, you know, and she's suffering from the side effects of the medication and everything. She's de- depressed. And when she gets stressed, she transitions into one of her alters, whether it's a, a, a wild flirty teenager or a 1950s housewife and even a man <laughs> she she even ha- has an alt personality that's a man so you look at these and these are examples of them showing us what's out there now granted like i said this isn't just strictly from mind control this can happen because of trauma in their life but mind control victims this is what they're trying to do create the multiple personalities now one of the things i found real interesting once i started thinking about that is i started thinking about all the superheroes that i i followed as a kid and i was like man most of these guys are bipolar at at best or have uh multiple personalities i mean you look at superman he's clark kent then he's superman you look at batman he's bruce wayne then he's superman Spider-Man is Peter Parker, then he's Spider-Man. The Mask, the movie with Jim Carrey, right? As soon as he puts on that mask, he's an alter ego. Or you look at the event, you know, the Avenger movies with like uh, Iron Man and Tony Stark, you know, Captain America. Now, it's interesting because these are all in the fabric of our uh, of our entertainment and and our culture, but. These guys aren't normal. I mean, granted, they're called superheroes for a reason, but are we supposed to look up to people with multiple personalities? Are we supposed to trust people that have alter egos? I, I don't know. But the, the multiple personality is structured so that the human can become a human computer or a robot, right? Almost a human zombie in a sense from a mind control standpoint except they have these front alters that that look and act like everybody else so you and, and a lot of people can't tell the difference between when the altar is there and when the actual person is there or the personality of that person is there and once that split in the personality occurs a whole new internal world can be created and the alternate personas you know they can be programmed through different things like music movies like we talked about before with alice in wonderland and uh snow white um wizard of oz peter pan and all sorts of fairy tales those are are some of the things they love to use as programming tools and if you look at the victims of this, they will say that one of the things that was used predominantly was Disney films in their programming, especially for the children, right? The child victims, again, Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland are, are like the staple or the go-to in the mind control programming. And it's just, you know, it, it's so screwed up so messed up that they would even even do this to children but then they use the children's films on top of it which you know for most kids that's their escape that's their their time to dream and think about you know 
oh, this this movie or this... I, they get into that situation and they escape reality for a little bit. And here's a quote that says, because such candidates were and are selected young before the ego has fully formed, children's stories were favorite modeling texts such as The Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. Hence, the connection with the entire Disney empire's involvement in such programming. And so you look at that and you're like, man, Disney, again, that dark side of Disney, it keeps poking its head out. Yeah, it's it, it, it presents itself as wholesome and family fun, but there's also some dark side. Now, we're, again, were these movies created specifically for that? I don't believe so, but they're being used. And why are these things put into movies and TV shows. Basically, it's it's for two reasons. It's to desensitize the population or the majority of the population by using like subliminal or uh, subliminal programming to deliberately create these triggers, right? Like we talked about before, the yellow brick road, over the rainbow, things like that. And they're keys for base programming of highly impressionable monarch children. Now you'll also find that in addition to being in the uh, the movies, you're going to see it a lot on, in music, in album covers or movie posters. You're going to start seeing that shattered or blocked imagery, right? And that's the compartmentalization factor, right? You're going to start seeing them, see the pieces of them or their altars. Okay, and and, and it, it just represents the shattered mind, the shattered psyche of these people, of the slaves, due to this intense trauma or torture. Okay, we look at the leopard print, right? The beta sex programming. It's it's for these slaves to show you that the altars are available. Okay, that they're out there, they're playing the game. But does that mean that everyone that wears a cat print is part of monarch programming? No, 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 no. But if you take the cat print with one eye covered or the cat print with a butterfly, now we're starting to see it as more than a one-off, right? We all have friends that wear leopard print and they're not monarch mind controlled. But basically we're talking about high-end folks here. We're talking about celebrities when you see them do it, their outfits are usually specifically chosen, right? Most celebrities don't just go out in regular clothes. They're wearing something for a purpose, whether it's to advertise, whether it's to get the paparazzi to take a picture of them, whatever it may be, okay? But you're going to see it over and over and over again. And the butterfly, again, that's that's one of the big signs for the monarch uh, but the other one that I, I, I see a lot more, and you're starting to see it more and more now, in, in pro, is the Masonic checkerboard, right? And that's the they use it in ritualistic ceremonies. But the black and white is is the symbol for duality. It's it's the base of consciousness, okay? And and the base consciousness is where all of 
the other states of the mind come from, right? That's that's where you generate things. The, like the duality patterns, like, uh, you know, checkerboards, stripes, or zebra print are, are often commonly used. You'll see it on floors, right? And we mentioned that in, in the Disney um, episode with Club 33. They have the black and white checkerboard floor. Now, that's an ode or an homage to the Freemasons. But if you were to bring a, a mind control subject in there, they, they may have it. That may be one of their triggers. So now let's look. How do they get them to this point? What are some of the things that they do? Well, there's many forms of torture. Okay, I have a list here of 30 ways that they do it. I'm not obviously going to go through all of them. But obviously you go through things like abuse and torture, confinement in boxes, cages, coffins, or burial, right? They'll bury them alive with a tube just so they can breathe air for extended periods of time. They'll keep them restrained for uh, long periods of time. They'll uh, expose them to near drowning experiences, bring them to the brink and then save them. Okay, extreme hot and cold. These are things. Um, blinding lights, blinking lights, electroshock, things like that. Okay, they'll they'll force ingestion of of body fluids, as disgusting as that may be. They'll make you eat blood, urine, feces, even flesh. They are trying to desensitize the victims to anything. Okay, hanging them upside down for extended periods of time, sleep deprivation, like we talked about before, food deprivation, water deprivation, sensory deprivation, or they'll give them drugs. Right, they'll they'll give them drugs so that they confuse them. They give them amnesia. Okay, and and drugs aren't the only thing. They'll they'll give them toxic chemicals to create pain or sickness. And, and they've been known to give chemotherapy to healthy people just to traumatize them. Okay, now, who are some of the groups that are rumored to be using this? Well, there's a group, I was reading an article and there's this group with the insiders call The Network, which is like the backbone to the New World Order, okay? And this is global. But... And again, this is a list of probably 54, no, no, yeah, 54 different groups. I'm not going to go through all of them. You can look them up. It's the organizations practicing trauma-based mind control. You look at the Air Force, the Army, okay, the Defense Intelligence Agency, Department of Justice, the FBI. You look at um, things like the Catholic Church specifically the Jesuits, the CIA, not surprising, the Church of Scientology, that's considered to be one big mind control operation. Look at things like even the country music industry is rumored to do it. And if you look at some of the artists, I would say the music industry in, in general is definitely involved in mind control. And I'll, I'll show you that in a little bit. Hollywood, definitely involved in mind control. The Illuminati, yeah. The Freemasons, of course. Agencies like Mossad, yep. The NSA, yeah, I could see that. 
okay? And the list goes on and on. But as you'll see here, it's the same players. Same players over and over and over again. Why do they do it? Control, manipulation, and money. Okay? And and one of the reasons why, you know, what got me into the dark side of Disney was I was looking at, like, the Mickey Mouse Club and reading an article about how you know the class that had like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and Shia LaBeouf and Ryan Gosling and all the issues that they had later in life and you start looking at them deeper and deeper and you know I'm going to go deeper here into specifically Britney and Miley because they're blatant examples of multiple personalities I mean Britney Spears is is walks around with a pink wig and has a British accent is one of her alters uh, and she's known to have multiple alters um, Christina Aguilera created Extina right that's an alternate personality Miley Cyrus was Hannah Montana and what's interesting about Hannah Montana in itself is that Hannah Montana was a regular girl then a rock star and what is Hannah Hannah is an anagram it's the same forward and backward Okay, and that's interesting because there's two there. You can go forward or backwards. So we start looking into this. And, you know, I, I started digging into to Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus specifically because they were the most obvious. And, and Britney even said, the alter ego takes over when I am on stage. She is really wild and daring and a much more impulsive performer than I am. Her name is Britannia. When I am her, I feel I can take on the world. Normally, I'm pretty shy. Okay, so you look at that and you're like, wow, that's interesting. And one of, what was one of Britney Spears' first tattoos? It was a butterfly on her foot. Okay, that was leaving a vine. A butterfly leaving a vine. Interesting. But you look at the symbolism. Is it a slave emerging from the system, from her captor? I don't know. But the butterfly tattoo is is a dead sign. Now let's look at Britney a little deeper. And, you know, I think the time that she officially kicked it off, you know, her her moment, so to speak, or consecration, was the 2003 VMAs. And some of you may or may not remember this, but she performed alongside Christina Aguilera and Madonna. And that's where we had the infamous kiss with Madonna and Britney Spears. And if you look and you notice through in the video, Britney's in all white, Madonna's in black. Again, there's your duality, right? The symbolism, the dark and the light, the good and the evil. And Britney represented innocence at the time. And as, as we mentioned before, it's right around 30, the age of 30, is when, for some reason, it seems like the monarch programming starts to break down. And it's interesting because right around that time, and probably Britney's most famous moment is when she shaved her head. Okay? It was the day after... Yeah, it, it happened the day after she was admitted to rehab. 
And again, what did I say rehab is? Rehab's basically a word for these monarch folks for programming. Okay, when you go to rehab, you're going to be reprogrammed. Something went wrong with your program, and we have to fix it. It's not to fix you, it's to make sure that your mind control is up to speed. It's a little oil change for your mind control. And and when Brittany shaved her head, it was like, why would she do this? She said she was tired of having things plugged into her head. And she didn't want anybody touching her. So is, is, is she referencing the abuse by her handlers there? I think so. And if you look at her video, okay, and this is one called Hold It Against Me. There's all sorts of symbolism in it, okay? There's, you have Brittany fighting Brittany, which is, there you go, split personality, multiple personalities right there. You have Brittany with all these men in black from head to toe behind her, and those are almost like the demons that are chasing her, okay? And at the end of the battle, a new Brittany emerges, right? A new altar, the pure and innocent Brittany dressed. She comes out in a white wedding dress. And it's amazing. And then all of a sudden, from the white wedding dress comes black leather. She's dressed in a like a BDSM, black leather, halter top, you know, barely covering her ass cheeks and she's surrounded by these men in the masks who almost represent the demons in her life you know the demons from the mind control from the trauma that are in in her and I, i found that to be very very telling so if you get a chance go check that video out it's called hold it against me now let's go into miley miley is another one and and again the vmas right i mean you look at MTV and that was like I know growing up in my generation that MTV was like that was the uh you know that's what we that was the cool place to watch TV you know uh, mom and dad don't understand our music or our programming and it was it was basically geared towards kids young adults and what you saw in this is that it must have been in 2013 Miley was selected to to be that good girl gone bad and and that's something that the elite or the the parasites i should say want us to see constantly right we they want us to see these good pure characters go bad they want to see that innocence and that wholesomeness go to trash to sleaze to smut and they want the youth the culture to follow their lead Okay, so we look at her her uh, 2013 performance at the VMAs with Robin Thicke, and she was only 20 at the time, but she was loved by millions of people. Okay, and what did she do in that video? It was absolutely raunchy, and you know you look at her it was it was totally like she was beta sex slave 
turned on, full force, full bore, pedal to the metal. And and, and what, you know, she was, had her tongue out, you know, she's got, uh, she's twerking, you know, she's dancing with these giant teddy bears with this crazy, you know, one-piece suit on that has uh, what looks like a teddy bear with its tongue out and the eyes are almost like, you know, what you would picture as the mind control eyes, those twisties that you see. And basically what this was, this was a humiliation ritual for her. You know, it was, she was, you know, dressed to be like a, a, a snotty child, you know, jumping around these teddy bears. And it was all about being like over the top and overtly like provocative in your face to to shove it into you that I can do this. I'm a good girl gone bad. I'm a, I can do what I want now. And this was the new Miley. And basically what they were doing was, was you know, wiping away any remnants of Hannah Montana and bringing in Miley Cyrus. Now an interesting thing about that and 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 We'll get into that video here in a second. Um, the tongue-tied video with Robin Thicke. Or not with Robin Thicke. The tongue-tied video, I should say. But you look at Miley Cyrus's Hannah Montana, okay? And the merchandise related to Hannah Montana was Butterfly, right? They were selling Hannah Montana. The logo had butterflies in it. She had a, She was playing a guitar that was a butterfly. She's been pictured in multiple shoots with butterfly imagery. And guys, remember, again, once it happens. Repeatedly, it's no longer a coincidence. Now it's for a purpose. It's to send a message. And I believe it's to... To let us know she's mind controlled. She's playing the game. So let's look at that tongue tied video. It actually, on the tongue tied uh, album, it has a track called Stockholm Syndrome, which we talked about before. And its lyrics are Hold me down, it's so it's hard to breathe. Okay? I mean, it just it reeks of slavery, of being controlled, of the multiple personality. And we get into the tongue-tied video itself, and it's all black and white. It starts with multiple Miley heads forming a triangle, which I will play you some audio here in a minute of a woman who went through uh, vicious beta sex programming as a child. And she walks us through this video, and it's filled with symbolism, okay? Miley appears with a kitten mask on, beta sex kitten, and she even, for a minute, wears Mickey Mouse ears. Why? Other than to show and be symbolic. At one point in the video, she appears tied up, like she has no control and is being held prisoner, powerless for life. Then in another point, her images appeared fractured, right? They're representing that shattered psyche, that divide in her personality and her egos. She gives us the one eye symbolism. And 
there's one point at, towards the end of the video where she has a mask on that's covering her eye. It's covering her whole head, but the eyes are covered in the mask. And it's basically, you know, saying that, you know, mind control victims are being hidden from the truth. Like she is, she is being controlled and, and is in the game. And this video, Tongue Tied, is just a pure, unadulterated example of that. And uh, let me play here for you a few minutes of this clip here from this mind control victim. Miley's transformation from kitten slave to lion slave. And I think that it's important to note the style of dress that she has. She displays a very distinctive style that I know from my experience as a slave. One of the things that stuck out to me most was the X's over her breasts. I'm sorry, I should be saying they. I think I might have been misgendering her throughout this video, as in them. Gosh, I'm bad at this. Misgendering them. As far as I know, Miley Cyrus identifies as gender non-binary, and I wish to respect that. So, they are shown wearing these black X's over their breasts. This is something that was very intrinsic to my experience as a beta slave as a teenager. Starting around the age of 14, I was repeatedly put into films where I had these black X's over my breasts. And during that time, I also, interestingly enough, had really short hair, like Miley does, very similar hair. And there was stuff involving choking and black and white and very similar things to the imagery in Tongue Tied. So there you have it, right? That is a self-proclaimed uh, beta sex kitten victim identifying that video as showing all the signs of the MK or monarch mind control. Okay, and that's that's not it. There's another clip uh, from Ellen out there where Ellen's asking her about her boyfriend. And it's quite interesting because... As soon as she brings up her boyfriend, Justin, a trigger almost goes off. And Miley lays down in her chair sideways and starts giggling like a child. Like it was like a personality switch, just like that. And it's funny because in a earlier interview that Diane Sawyer did with Britney Spears at the time she was dating Justin Timberlake, when they were talking about that, talking about Justin, Britney had a similar switch also where she went emotional though whereas uh miley was kind of you know giddy and she's like oh i giggle all the time when you talk about my boyfriend but Brittany was like devastated and like almost started crying and she's like oh hi hello at first and all happy and then all of a sudden she's like i, I can't do this and and gets all creeped out and it, it was very strange i don't know if if Justin was the keyword there or the trigger, but it's one of those where you look at it and you're like, wow, that is, that is just bizarre. Let me give you one more example of the Disney crew. And 
they're examples of the monarch mind control and the symbolism that they use. So you look at uh, Selena Gomez, her Kiss and Tell album. It's, you know, you look at the cover of the album. Okay, she has her lips closed. There is what it appears to be a heart-shaped uh, logo on her lips. It almost looks like the Minnie Mouse ears, you know. Um, and then also her hair just so happens to be covering one eye and she's looking off to the side. Very strange. And so you look at that and, and, and there you go again. That is not by accident, folks. Now, granted, if she just had the thing on her lips, right, I, I wouldn't have any any you know hints at this. But then she throws in the one eye. There's multiple symbols there in one thing. And and you know, you look at these Mickey Mouse Club kids like Britney, like Christina, like uh Selena Gomez, like you know, and, and they show these constant symbols over and over and over again. Now, is there such a thing as Mickey Mouse programming? I don't know. But one of the things you'll notice a lot is the Mickey Mouse ears, right? Because it's one of those things that it's it's socially acceptable. Everybody knows it. It's it's worldwide symbol. And it's one of those things that people obsess over, right? The Mickey Mouse Club back in the 50s was huge. Every kid wanted to be a part of the Mickey Mouse Club and get sign up and get their ears, become part of the mouse. But, you know, I, I don't know how much it has. I believe that it is a trigger, right? It's just too often used by celebrities to think that it's not. And, you know, being that Walt Disney, you know, has ties to Freemasonry, and other questionable activity in his movies, his products, and, and other things associated with Disney, I wouldn't put it past them. Again, now these MK Ultra folks, they like to use symbolism, right? But not overt symbolism, not, not blatant. And the Mickey Mouse ears kind of just blend in. So I, I kind of do believe, and if you go out there and look at the number of celebrities with the Mickey Mouse ears, you will be blown away because it's everywhere. So now let's go into a few of our celebrities, okay? And specifically in the music industry. We look at someone like Beyonce, okay? And her alter ego of Sasha Fierce. Now, is that just coincidence? I don't think so. And let's listen to what Beyonce said to Oprah about Sasha Fierce. Does Sasha Fierce, when does she show up? Usually when I hear the crowd, when I'm yeah. on my stilettos, um, when, like the, the moment right before when you're nervous and, and that other thing kind of takes over for you. Uh huh. Then Sasha Fierce appears in my posture and, and the way I speak and everything is different. But no, is it like a process that happens too? Like you were talking about the high heels, like once the lashes go on and Absolutely. makeup and all that stuff. It's kind of like when I do a movie, becoming the character, once you put on the wig and once yeah. you put on the clothes, you walk different. Yeah, it's kind of this character that I've I've created over the years. Uh huh. And how is Sasha Fierce different than I am? Well, I know you know definitely wearing that bodysuit. I can never walk out here and do yes. that. Does Sasha Fierce ever go home? Like, um, sometimes, but I... 
camera show up. And, yeah, shows up sometimes in the house. Yeah. yeah. But definitely when I'm nervous or, or um, whenever I have to perform, whenever I have to do choreography or something that's difficult, and I, it's no different from anyone else. I feel like we all kind of have that, that thing yeah. that takes over. That thing that takes over. I don't have that thing that takes over. I don't know about you, but uh, I just found that to be extremely telling right there. And the fact that they joke about it, they just laugh about it. It's almost in your face to say, ah, look what we do and we're powerful and this is how you get to where I am. Okay, and if you think that's the only one, it's not. How about Nicki Minaj and her alter Roman? She says, sometimes if it's really early in the morning, Roman gets cranky and does not want to get out of bed. Roman wants to stay out all night and not wake up. So I send Nikki into the world. And let's hear what she had to say about Roman. Roman is a crazy boy who lives in me. And he says the things that I don't want to say. He was born, you know, just a few months ago. I think he was born out of rage. He was conceived in rage. So he bashes everyone. He threatens to beat people and he's violent. That must be nice to have like an ignorant loudmouth who you can just sort of blame everything. He wants to be blamed. I don't want to blame him. I, I, I ask him to leave, but he can't. He's here for a reason. People have brought him out. People conjured him up. Now he won't leave. People conjured him up. And he won't leave. Wow. Think about that. Think about that life. Is is the fame and the money worth it? To essentially sell your soul and sell your human being, your human body. I, I don't know, man, but it's everywhere. And, you, you know, another one you can look at, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, is uh, Taylor Swift. She's got symbolism for days in her videos, you know, from from cracked mirrors, broken glass, one eye, you name it. And Taylor Swift has it. She has all the signs. Oh, there's one more. Rihanna. <laughs> oh, my God. I started looking up Rihanna because I'm like, ah, oh, she's she's got to be. You know, any of these stars, again, like I said with Disney, to get that big, you have to play ball, okay? And you look at Rihanna and she is huge. She went through her embarrassment ritual with Chris Brown, okay? And then you look at pictures of her over time, okay? She wears the cat print. She had the butterfly cover of Bizarre Magazine, one eye all over she actually has a finger over the mouth in one picture with shh tattooed on her finger she's out in public in a black and white checkered jacket a black and white uh checkered dress is offered up on her house of rihanna website she had a song called diamonds she went from darker hair to blonde hair at one point Okay, so there's all the symbolism and signs all wrapped up in one right there. So as we look at this, guys, the one thing I want you to to think about is why do they do this? 
And why would anyone willingly participate? Now the question is, do they willingly participate? I don't know. I believe that some, yes, some sell their soul essentially to have this happen. But others, I think, just are subjects, right? They're brought in and they think this is the way to get ahead. So what we have to understand is that mind control is huge these days. It is everywhere. It's omnipresent. It's in television. It's in advertising. It's on social media. It's all one giant mind control exercise. And that's what we're living in right now is essentially the mind control era as they try and get people from being human beings into this age of transhumanism. And that's where they're taking it. And that's why I felt like this was so critical to bring out and and illustrate the point that there are mind control programs going on and you are a part of the exercise, unknowingly or not. You are a participant. If you watch television, if you listen to the radio, if you listen to music, you watch movies, okay, you use social media, it's all there. It's one giant programming tool. It's everywhere. So with that said though, if you know and you can see it, you can pull yourself out of it. And that's what I wanted to get across to you tonight is that you have to use your will, your soul, to avoid this at all costs. Because it's not a game. And once you cross that line, there's really no going back. I don't see any of these celebrities living a normal life. Like Britney Spears. I mean, she's still battling. She's, she's been under her father's custody and she's a grown woman. How ridiculous is that? Imagine that. Being a, a 40-year-old person and your father has control of all of your assets, your life, your money, everything that you do is controlled by them and you have to get their permission to do it. That's messed up. So guys, as my favorite cartoon as a child said, knowing is half the battle. Thank you, G.I. Joe. And with that, I'm going to wrap up the show tonight. And I just want to say thank you to you all for listening. Uh, do me a favor. Leave a review. Good or bad, I'll take them all. If you're going to leave a one star, don't waste your time. Come on. You can leave leave me a DM or something. Okay? If you want to reach out to me with any potential show ideas, any guests that you know or you want to get on the show possibly, uh, hit me up on Instagram at the great deception podcast and i will return all messages uh i just want to say thank you to everyone and have a great night stay strong and question everything cruelty and injustice intolerance and oppression and where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and subverting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? 
Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others. They will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know you were afraid. Who wouldn't be? War, terror, disease. There were a myriad of problems which conspired to corrupt your reason and rob you of your common sense. Fear got the best of you, and in your panic you turned to the now High Chancellor Adam Suttler. He promised you order, he promised you peace, and all he demanded in return was your silent, obedient consent.